1: Hello and welcome to Sports Beat After Hours. We are back with another episode. Post Thanksgiving. I am your host Hemahimuli Jr. and do you guys even celebrate Thanksgiving in Canada, Zachary Hicken?
2: Yes, we do. Um we celebrate it in October. <laughs> I think. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, we have Canadian oh, Thanksgiving. I didn't know that. Oh, you really didn't? I was oh. joking,
1: but yeah.
2: Yeah, Canadian Thanksgiving. Um, I know you have Boxing Day coming up. The day after Christmas. Mm-hmm. when you box everything up. It was Monday, October 14th this year. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Um, I celebrate both. Oh, nice. Why not get more Thanksgiving in your life? Get some
1: poutine in October.
2: Yeah, you put a little turkey gravy on top of some fries. Mm. That sounds good. Some cheese curds. Yeah. Yeah. I'm oh. a big fan of uh, <laughs> of Thanksgiving. But uh yeah, next year it's uh Monday, October twelfth. That's actually my sister's birthday, so shout out to my sister. Um
1: Hema, what are you thankful for? I am thankful for Today. Today. Hmm. I don't know. My family. I can't think of anything Aww. good or whitty. I'm thankful.
2: <laughs> You're not thankful for Baby Yoda?
1: I'm thankful for Disney Plus. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the uh, fourth episode of Mandalorian, which I just barely watched. Awesome. How'd you like it? It was great. I liked it a lot.
2: Yeah. that. Uh, it was pretty good. I, I think episode three has been my favorite so far, but mm-hmm. I, just, I continue to be just dazzled by the series.
1: You see who the director for this episode was? It was, um, crap. What is her name? It was Bryce Dallas Bryce Howard, Dallas the Howard. daughter of Ron Howard. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think she was born in New Zealand, which is really, really I didn't yeah. know that. Um, but I, yeah, I saw that she was the director. I just forgot her name. Cause it's like not a common celebrity yeah. that I drop.
2: She's not Jessica on. Chastain. She's <laughs> Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, anyway, uh, this is Sports After Hours. We're powered by KSLSports.com. Make sure you guys check out KSLSports.com for yeah. all your local sports needs. Whether it's the uh, potentially on the cusp of a birth to the playoff Utes playoff Maybe. bound, boot, but playoff bound Utes. I was called them the boots,
1: the booties, <laughs> the Uties, the booty. Booty was actually a uh, player for the Utes in a couple of years ago. <laughs> No, I'm thinking of uh boo booby, oh booby Hobbs, yeah, <laughs> it's the funniest name I've ever heard, yeah, anyways, y'all want to win, put booby in, put booby in,
2: uh man, tying this into the Utes even more, yeah, booby miles, the Permian panther, the Utes <laughs> just got to commit from a former Permian Oh, panther. that's right.
1: yeah, uh, a transfer. F- from baylor um, baylor yeah yep yeah anyway sorry
2: we're just going off on a tangent yeah uh we don't only cover the utes at kslsports.com <laughs> it, may, it may seem like it It may seem like that if you're a byu <laughs> fan but if you're a utah fan it may seem like we only cover byu and what's going on with oh god i don't know taysom hill mm. yeah taysom hill had a a nice thanksgiving he yeah. feasted he was hungry jamal Williams. he went out had a good,
1: uh, good game uh good game today yeah yeah well I Yesterday. just don't know that
2: anyone... I know. Yeah, I don't know. if It depends on when you're listening to this Monday. If you're listening to this Monday, it's a good game on Sunday. Uh, we also cover the Utah State Aggies, mm-hmm. the 7-5 uh, and 5 Utah State Aggies. Uh, we also cover Weaver State. They yep. are also in a playoff. We cover the Jazz, and uh, not, not really so great, great today. <laughs> this has been, this has been a rough... We knew this. This is right. This might be... The hardest road trip that any team takes this year. Uh huh. Uh and we'll start with the jazz, I guess. We're gonna talk about them very shortly. We'll talk about the Utes and then um I don't know. I think that we're gonna wrap it. We're gonna keep it short today. Yeah. Cause honestly, like we have no incentive to talk about BYU. It's, it's honestly been rough. painful to talk about what's going on. Oh look, another missed field goal.
1: Yeah. Um oh, another jet sweep.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh <laughs> But yeah, let's start with the Jazz. Um, okay. Man, that was... It was a rough road trip. It was a rough road trip, and then to top it all off, to have the first half that they do against the Raptors, a 40-point deficit Ugh. at halftime, they cut back into it in the second half, they end up losing
1: by 20, but still, yeah. Not good. Not good. It's 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 like, it's stupid, because they'll have, they, like, the third quarter, the Jazz scored how many points? 42 42 the most points in a quarter i think is that's the record now or is it the most points in a third quarter i don't remember
2: it it, it was a uh, um it was a franchise record for okay. most points in a quarter yes
1: but it's still stupid because they were down by 40 in the first half so who cares yeah it, and they come away from this loss what are they 1 on 4 on this road trip one and three four and three and they have a back-to-back second game of a
2: back-to-back tomorrow night against Philly which Ugh. they beat Philly at home but man that wasn't an easy win yeah they had to have Embiid foul out Uh Ben Simmons got hurt in that win Um and I mean they're a little bit healthier than they were last time that they played but I'm just not optimistic for this game right now and no, they're gonna come know. back off this road trip one and four and then they have to turn around and play the Lakers yeah. Um. With only one day rest, and then they face the Grizzlies, which they haven't been
1: great against the yeah. Grizzlies besides, like, a quarter and a half this year. It's a tough run, man. It's it's just the hype. Like, I was so excited for this Jazz season. I still am. Like, no, there's still no good, reason not to be. But it's just like, oh, man, we just got our butts handed to us in three straight games. Or, sorry. I guess they won before this one, but you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. this road trip has not been fun to watch. Um, whether it's Conley coming away from games with only three points or, you know, whatever. It's it's just not been fun to watch.
2: Yeah, Boejan's been a bright spot. He had back-to-back 30-point games. Donovan's um,
1: been consistently pretty good.
2: Yeah, he was not good tonight. Yeah. Um, just not efficient, man. He was minus twenty four tonight. Jeez, it's not often that you see Donovan minus twenty four. Like, yeah, he. I don't know. I was hopeful getting Ed Davis back in the rotation would help a lot, but you know they they only have one
1: win since Ed Davis came back. Um, and I, and I feel I don't feel like Ed Davis like Tony Bradley felt like he had more of an impact coming in instead of Rudy. Than Ed Davis has. Well, offensively, Tony Bradley definitely
2: does. He's an offensive-minded yep. center, but man, he gets beat up on the boards. He gets beat up de- defensively, and Ed Davis is a much better defender. He's a much better rebounder. Um, and the thing is, too, is that you get he gives you size that you can play at the four next to Rudy as an option. Because if otherwise, Rudy they're playing. Plays. Yeah, otherwise they're playing Jeff Green or Boweon or. Joe, or, um, uh, Royce, yeah, at the four, which is, you're undersized, and yeah, they just they, I I feel like one of the biggest problems that they've had in a lot of these close losses, like you know you think to the Kings or the first, um, game that they played against the Grizzlies, like offensive rebounding has been a problem, and winning the boards has been a major problem, and so you need. I don't know. I still think they're one piece away. Um, they're going to have to move someone. I don't know who it's going to be. I'm thinking maybe Moutier and um, Dante are like the most likely trade pieces. Yeah. Just because of their contracts and stuff. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't like... I'm sick of Moutier right now, so... Yeah. <laughs> he's been pretty bad. Just, he's trying to get a contract for himself right now you know um but yeah we'll see if the jazz can hopefully turn things around um against philly tonight i don't expect to win until saturday
1: yeah it's gonna be rough
2: but before that uh that game on saturday i mean we have a whole week of sports ahead of us yeah we have byu utah coming up in hoops mm-hmm. um this is uh i just will briefly mention byu hoops okay um so i guess i should say this by and utah have both surprised with how well they've played in games they also have disappointing losses they're very similar teams yeah um this year <clears throat> utah i a, think utah's a lot younger utah You know, they have two disappointing losses, and it comes from a lack of experience that they have just because of how young they are. and They have, like, two juniors on their team, period. Yeah. But they have a lot of, like, young, bright stars, and when those guys go off, they go off, and they look really good, but they have struggled to maintain it over the um, course of an entire game. And then, you know, you look at BYU, and I think they've started to find an identity Uh of what they are going to be under Mark Pope and... You know, these guys, they're just tough. Mm -hmm. They, they, this may be a weird comparison, but they kind of, they're just like, kind of remind me of like the grit and grind. They're scrappy. Grizzlies. Like, they're just scrappy and they know how to get it done. And, you know, you have guys like Dalton Nixon and Colby Lee like fighting on the boards and just getting like the tough points, getting fouled, drawing fouls, making shots at the line when they need to. I mean, I think like every single guy who has gotten in, like, regular minutes this season has hit a three
1: yeah which is
2: crazy to think about like it's it's not often that um BYU is able to stretch the floor that way but when you have Dalton Nixon that can knock down a corner three and then you can put Zach Uh Selius and TJ Hawes and Jake Toulson on the floor and then Connor Harding to add into that yeah um Outside of a team like Kansas where they just can't match up athletically, they they really should well. be competitive in almost any game that they play the rest of the season.
1: I And that's interesting you mentioned grit and grind because, like, even, you know, Papa Haas is, like, you, you, you see he has so much experience that he's, like, yeah. pulling out these crazy tricks and, like, Coming through clutch when it needed to happen. And yeah, like just, the, the win over Houston. Yeah. And it's, and it just, it's like, it kind of reminds me of like Mike Conley back in the day. It's yeah. like he's, you know, he's not the like number one guy when you think of college hoopster, you know? No, yeah. But he does get it done and he uses whatever he needs to to get it done. Too.
2: Well, it's like he'll, you know what? He'll be inbounding, he'll yeah. throw it off of an opponent's back and go lay it up and in, he'll do, like, the throw it behind, like, fake a pass behind someone's back. Like, TJ's just really crafty, and he's just really smart. Uh Uh-huh. And, you know, I think that he has a lot of confidence this year, too, and having a coach like Mark Pope, like, the identity that Mark Pope has instilled in this team to just, like, if you're going to let something go, like, let it loose, trust it, keep shooting, and I think that's been really good for this team, through this first nine games that they played without Yoli, honestly, six and three was about best case scenario. Yeah, um, that you could have expected. I don't think anyone expected them to beat Houston. No one expected nope. them to beat UCLA. Um, the Boise State loss is so disappointing because um, part of it, that was just a game where they struggled. They struggled sure. on the road and they struggled to hit their shots. and They struggled to own their shots. Yeah. But even the San Diego State game, they played excellent for the first thirty-five minutes and then just slipped away in the last five minutes. But they have a nice challenge this coming Wednesday against Utah. It's going to be a hostile environment. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably the toughest gym that they'll play in until, you know, St. Mary's or Gonzaga this year. Um, Because some of these tough teams that they've played have been in neutral gyms like Mm -hmm. Kansas and UCLA. Um, But having Yoli come back is huge. Huge. And I think that they have a lot of potential um, for – what they could accomplish as a team this year, if they continue to build and progress the way that we've seen yeah. under Mark Pope so far, I'm excited. And um, yeah, I, I I fully expect BYU to get the win over Utah yeah. this Wednesday. Me too. Um, I would be very surprised. Well, I guess I shouldn't say surprised. Um, Let's just. If you I'm talk- not expecting a Utah win, but I wouldn't be surprised if like Ryland Jones went off or sure. Brandon Carlson just had the game of his life. Yeah. Um, they have, like I said, they have some really talented young guys that I'm really excited to see what they're going to be able to do, like, their junior, senior years. Yeah. Like, Ryland Jones might be the best pure point guard that I've seen um, play in the state in a long time. He's like, been he fantastic. so good. His ability to just set guys up to get shots, and, um, like, he has a really good connection with Brandon Carlson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's able to penetrate and find guys out on the perimeter and they can knock down their shot because they're wide open because he's a legitimate threat offensively.
1: Um, they're going to be fun. They're going to be really fun to watch. They, you know, if they like, let's say they do win, it'll be a fun win because, you know, Utah really moves the ball and BYU being so dynamic in these past couple weeks or whatever. Um, plus having, um, Yoli back. That'll just be a really cool win to watch if, yeah. if Utah wins. But yeah. I say I think BYU is going to win this one. Um, I think Yoli's going to come out with something to prove. Like I think yeah. he, I, I. If you just
2: look at him, he's transformed physically. Yeah, and he's just been waiting in the wings, and he's just. I'm I'm so excited for Yoli because honestly, he is. He might be my favorite college athlete that I've covered. Um, in the last couple of years. And it's a shame that we don't get an opportunity to cover BYU basketball more. That yeah. they haven't been as successful with a guy like him at the helm of their program. Because honestly, there are very few guys that go out and shake your hand after every interview. Yeah. After every press conference, he goes around and shakes every media member's hand and says, Thank you for your coverage. Yeah. Thank you for coming out and covering our team, giving us pub- publicity. Whether it's good or bad, I appreciate it because, um, you were doing a service for both
1: us and the fans. Yeah. And you're right though. Like from a media perspective, he's just so fun to cover. Yeah. Like, cause most college athletes you talk to are just like, blah, 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 blah. You ask yeah. them a question and they just give you the dry, straight answer. But like, I will say this basketball players are very different than football players. For sure. Um, but Yoli even more so. And I'm thinking about the time he called out, you know, yeah. Greg Rubel Rubel. for not following him on Twitter. Yeah. That, that's hilarious. Yeah. And like, people don't think of that. And it it is rare whether an athlete from basketball or football will like do that and like yeah. banter with you and like it's it's just fun to watch. So it'll be nice to have him back. It'll be nice to see what what he brings to the table in this game. And honestly, for Yoli, this is gonna be kind of like a warm up game because you know he's. I think they're looking ahead, you know, to Gonzaga and Saint Mary's, yeah, and things WCC like that. play. Yeah. Like this is a way to
2: get him ready to go in and. Um honestly just post a dominating senior yeah. year and he needs to in order for BY to accomplish the goals that Mark Pope has for this team, um, they have the they have the potential to do it, they have the mindset to do it. Um, Yoli gives them the talent to do it. Yeah. And so he just needs to go in and um find find his craft and get regular minutes in this rotation in this new system and just be comfortable. And yeah. I think he's I think he's poised to have a really breakout season. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, what they're not going to count anything preseason for a conference player sure. of the year award. But if he tears it up in conference, yeah, give it to him. You yeah. know, give him the hardware, Get baby. He deserves him. it after everything that he's been through. For real, give it to Yoli Childs. Um, but the Utes, you know, this is actually kind of just like a little bump in the road for Utah fans. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, because they have their sights set. On a, on a trip to the college football playoff and tell you why when we come back the youths are gonna the Utes are headed to the college football playoff I, I have a feeling mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you why I think that when we come back
0: two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything it was violent it was I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: The only thing standing in Utah's way to a trip to the college football playoff, a top four seed, is the Oregon Ducks. Yep. And man, I am so excited for this Pac-12 championship game on Friday. Uh, just the the matchups. Just you, you can look at it from an individual player. You can look at it from you know position groups. The Oregon offensive line, the yeah. Utah defensive line. Penny like Sewell a, and Bradley and I for sure. Just the defense versus offense. The clash of these Titans. These, um, you know. This is going to be a tough challenge for the Utes. That yeah. Oregon offensive line is nasty. Yeah, these guys are physical. These are guys that, you know, it's going to be one of the toughest matches that Utah faces this year. But man, I I want to see him get it done because you know selfishly, yeah, I want to go to Atlanta this year. <laughs> you know, I want to spend the Peach Bowl. I want to spend, um. I wanna spend New Year's in, in Atlanta at the Peach Bowl and Atlanta's pretty dope. I'm not yeah, gonna lie. To I've never been there. Yeah. A lot of fun stuff to do. But yeah, it'd be it just would be cool. And we've said it before on this podcast. Like, it's good for the entire state. Yeah. It raises the level of competition. You know what? There it's gonna raise the expectations for Kalani Satake. It's gonna raise expectations for Gary Anderson. Yeah. There's gonna be higher stakes in recruiting. Not that, you know, BYU Utah State and Utah are going for all the same recruits, but you know what? It's going to force these other coaches to up their game and make a better presentation, and uh, you know, it's going to force athletic departments to spend more money.
1: And, it, and it's, it's like, going to be a uh, yeah, go ahead. I mean, no, I think you're right. Like it, like okay, sure. Like BYU fans and I have been talking about this like all week. Like BYU is not going to directly benefit from Utah's success, of course, but. Utah and BYU, they're, like, always connected. From as long as I can remember, forever, they will be connected. You know, like, Kyle Whittingham, who's a BYU player. Uh, Kalani Satake, coached at Utah. Arod rod coached at Utah. Like, so, the experience that this squad of Utes gets from this college football playoff run and um, Pac-12 championship run. Who knows? Maybe in the future. Like, maybe Scally doesn't coach at Utah. He coaches at BYU. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? There's always it's, crossover there's something between staff. Gonna, Yeah, exactly. And something's going to staff. happen. Staffs. Sorry. But, plus, I also talked about it with someone else. The Utes have 37 local kids on their team. 37 kids from the state of Utah. That's a big win for the state because they're going to, you know, after their careers of whatever they do, choose to do, they're going to come back home. They're mm-hmm. going to live here. And... You know, they're going to coach up kids that play at high school They're going to raise kids here. Yeah,
2: exactly. And, and yeah, like like you said, not every BYU player raises kids that goes to BYU. Some of them go to Utah. And not every Utah player raises kids that grow up and go to BYU. Look at right. Zach Wilson. His dad played at the U. Exactly. Bradley and I, his dad played at BYU. His dad was an All-American at BYU. Yeah. His uncle was the offensive coordinator for a decade. Uh-huh. And you know he still ends up at Utah. There's, there's like you said, so much crossover. And um, I was gonna say, you know, when your rival is going out and succeeding, yeah, it forces you to make a move. And from an athletic department standpoint, yeah, you got to go out and spend more money. You got to improve your facilities. You got to dedicate more resources to recruiting.
1: Looking at you, Tom. Yeah, yeah. Looking at you, Tom. Homo. Let them practice at the indoor facility. (laughs) Build them a new indoor practice facility. Stick the
2: soccer teams over at Provo High School, you know? Exactly. Um, But anyway. Because they're
1: getting smashed by Stanford (laughs) in the Elite Eight. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Man, Stanford. Another school that benefits from BYU talent.
2: I'm I'm just saying Stanford has got BYU's number the last few years and like any sort of playoff. I I saw a Twitter thread, it was Brandon Gurney of the Deseret News, Jerem Jordan at BYU TV. They were talking about recent um postseason like knockouts by Stanford against BYU teams. Hmm. So like Volleyball. Stanford's um baseball team in two thousand seventeen. Oh yeah. Stanford soccer this year for the women's soccer team for BYU uh-huh. and then
1: um, Wasn't it volleyball earlier this year?
2: So BYU knocked off number one Stanford earlier this year, but they're probably going to match up in the Sweet Sixteen. Okay. And Stanford has like the number three overall seat. I think BYU's fourteen, so they'll what potentially match up. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Yeah. It's uh. Yeah.
1: It's uh. I, I but, don't know what point well, I'm making with Stanford, oh, no. so, but well, it, I, the, I guess a way to like link it back up too is just like. You look at football, right? My brother plays for Stanford. We're a BYU family. Um, but my my brother and many others, like Gabe Reed and Simi Fihoko, like they went to Stanford, looked at the facilities, and were like, oh, this is dope. This is all for us, so we're going to play here. Yeah. And that's what playing – or that's what exposure to like higher competition does for other schools or yeah. around there, and so hopefully BYU will see like, oh, Utah's doing something right. We need to spend more money. We need to do something so we could potentially get to this place. You
2: look at the facilities; there's a big gap. Mm-hmm. The amount of money that's spent on recruiting, Utah spends the most money of any team in the Pac-12 on recruiting. That's crazy. It's because they're recruiting a lot outside of Utah because they can because of how successful they are. They're sure. going to Southern California, they're going to Texas, and they're going right. to South Florida. And then they're filling up their offensive
1: and defensive lines with kids from Utah, from wow. West Valley, you know? Which is crazy, too, because we talk about this all the time. Like, the recruiting social media game of, like, BYU, I feel like is way better than Utah. Yeah, but then they
2: aren't going out and actually, like— they're not going out. yeah. yeah. And getting kids outside the state and, you know, they're just not spending the same amount of money. I don't know that they have the same number of people on staff.
1: Yeah. We'll
2: have to look at the numbers officially. We don't have them in front of us. Maybe we'll need to get Mitch Harper in on this. For sure. Because I really want to talk with Mitch Harper in the weeks leading up to the bowl game just about the difference of facilities. Because honestly, out of all, aside from Southern Utah, out of... Every team north yeah. of Provo, no, BYU just... has the worst facilities, the worst locker room. And it's been the longest since they've updated anything. Yeah. Like, Weaver State has a better locker room than oh, BYU. so nice. It's so crazy. It's crazy. It drives me nuts. Utah like, State's
1: field, like, super nice with the updates that they did to today. Yeah. Field. Like,
2: it's just, why can't BYU do it?
1: Why? I don't
2: know. I don't know. I don't know either. We promised ourselves we weren't going to talk BYU. <laughs> yeah. Um do we want to talk the San Diego State game? No. Uh, I'm just going to make two points. <laughs> okay.
1: Real quick because um, I'm just getting over it.
2: It's bad to only put up three points. It's awful. In a game, period. A game, period. Yeah. It is not good to do that against a Mountain West team. I get that San Diego State had a good defense, but you know what? BYU's offensive line was like a wet paper bag. Yeah. Zach Wilson was on the run all night, and I'm not excusing Zach. I think Zach premature underperformed i think that he was flustered i think that he wasn't making good decisions and i don't think his thumb i think his thumb was bothering him because some of yeah. the throws that came out just ugly just didn't look like throws that he was even making last week against Umass i don't know if it was a pressure thing i don't know if it was a grip the ball thing i don't know it looked like it was kind of raining a little bit like it was wet and yeah. slick but yeah he, something just looked off yeah. and i I hope that, you know, given, um, you know, full five weeks to prepare for. Well, I guess they're about four weeks away from Hawaii. Yeah. Given a full four weeks to continue to recover, I That'll think. That'll be that nice. I hope that he performs better, just because he's so talented, and some of these games he just doesn't look like himself. You know. Yeah. I just hope it doesn't
1: affect his confidence, because I no, like it's his not going to affect his confidence.
2: Okay. That's one thing that like. No matter what, Zach, Wil- Zach Wilson's going to be a 98-year-old man living in an old folks home. He's going to still <laughs> believe that he can hit Micah Simon yeah. on a post-fade in the end zone on the back shoulder, you know? Like, yeah. he's he, he oozes confidence. I, yeah. He spreads that to his teammates. But, yeah, they just—I don't know. There were a lot of holes that I thought that they had fixed, and— yeah. uh, I guess I, they don't, but you know what the the plan is is you go and win that bowl game, stay healthy, yeah, get a full off season, get ready for twenty twenty because yeah, that's honestly what matters. It's gonna now. be rough. Get the bowl win, and then get ready for twenty twenty.
1: Yeah, I think so. I had this conversation with somebody on Twitter, but like, you know, it's this this loss is really bad for me because yeah, okay, San San Diego State has a great defense. We know that, mm-hmm. right? But still. BYU was able to score four or more touchdowns against Boise state or Utah state, like other guys that are on the top tier of the mountain West, along with San Diego state. So not being able to score a touchdown at all is really concerning. Um, and it's kind of a sucky thing to to have hanging over your head, going into a bowl game where you play Hawaii in Hawaii, like, Hawaii is not a pushover team, and in fact, before the San Diego State game, I even said BYU is going to kill Hawaii in Hawaii, but now I'm not so sure. Hawaii beat San Diego State. Yeah, so I don't know what's going to happen.
2: Hawaii is the West Division champ of the Mountain West mm-hmm. Conference. Crazy. Um, yeah, just honestly, you know, the 7-5 and five season, BYU's two plays away from being 5-7. and seven. They're two plays away from being... Nine and five. Nine and three. Or nine and three. Nine and it's,
1: three. I know we talk about that a lot as BYU people, like oh, they're so close. Like yeah, they didn't get it done. So honestly, after this season, seven and five, like you ask me what I'm grateful for. I'm like, I'm grateful for a seven and five season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good lord. Anyways.
2: Yeah. Uh <clears throat> that's enough BYU for now. That's enough BYU. I think that's enough of this podcast. Yeah. Um, I just want to give a couple quick recommendations movie wise. Okay. To you. To me. Okay. Yes, to you it's and here. to our listeners, I guess, too. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is out yep, on I digital. I haven't seen that yet. Amazing. Amazing. I have watched it like three and a half times. <laughs> I <laughs> love this movie. I think it's Tarantino's second best movie behind Inglorious Bastards. Yes, I put it over Pulp Fiction. Wow. Um, I really, really, really love this movie. Okay. Um, it is near perfect.
1: I'll have to watch it when I get home.
2: Yeah, it's really good. Number two, The Irishman. Oh, okay. That movie is incredible.
1: I don't have that kind of time.
2: Um, split it up. I- I'll tell you this. I saw this thing on social media. You treat it like a mini series, a four-part mini series, and you basically split it up into an hour to forty-five. So a forty-five minute to one hour long episode. Because it's
1: like three and a half hours. Isn't three that? hours
2: and forty-five minutes. Gosh. But man, it is good. I wanna um so it's based on a book called uh, I Heard You Paint Houses. Okay. Um by this guy that worked with the mob.
1: You told me about this really cool phrase. Like the meaning of that phrase. Yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. So cool.
2: painting houses means that you are going in and popping guys in the head and <laughs> you're their an blood assassin. Yeah, you're an assassin
1: and the the blood spray is painting the wall of their home. Really similar to um um john wick where when he's cleaning up bodies he's like i want a reservation for four yeah and they come and clean up four bodies yeah really really interesting yeah
2: exactly like there's all these little lingos that like this underworld uses whether it's something that i hope is made up like john wick (laughs) i there's a network of assassins out there that's out to get any one of us at any given time man that is crazy uh yeah um i love stuff about like the Mob and the Mafia. Like, oh, yeah. I love The Sopranos. I love The Godfather. Like, The Godfather yeah. is, like, I could watch The Godfather on repeat for
1: the rest of my life and do be we Do be we talk about fulfilled. this? Have you seen Donnie Brasco yet? I haven't. Okay. It's on my list. Um, Interesting. Johnny Depp has been in, like, two or three Mob movies. Which yeah. Is crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, that was, like, I think that was his first one.
2: Yeah. Because like, he was in uh, the Whitey Bulger movie that they just yeah. made recently. I forget the name of it, but...
1: Uh, Black Mass,
2: Black Mass, yes, but I especially like love stuff like around Boston. I love the Boston area. Oh yeah, yeah. And so like City on a hill was awesome. Um, even though it's not necessarily, it's more like the Irish, mob, like a, a small thing. Right. I don't know, um, but it's like
1: New New England area.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like like I said, The Sopranos, The Godfather, Goodfellas. I love Goodfellas. Goodfellas good. It's another Scorsese movie. Um, the Departed. <laughs> I love The Departed. Um and yeah, uh The Irishman is up there. Yeah. In terms of like great mob movies, I definitely recommend it. If you have the time, break it up, do what you need to okay. to see this because it really is um it was a great performance by Pacino. He plays Jimmy okay. Hoffa. And I like s- <laughs> he was such a realistic Jimmy Hoffa.
1: I saw this funny tweet like if I think it was Jason Concepcion from The Ringer who said like next time they have uh, – um, uh oh, crap. What was it? Al Pacino? Yeah. Next time they have Al Pacino in a movie, they should use a body double because he looked like he was calcified or something like that. Yeah. Like he just – he's so old he doesn't – Yeah. But anyways, I thought that was funny.
2: I will say this. From like a visual standpoint, the de-aging process that they used looked very realistic. Really? But the way that they still moved, you could tell that they were yeah. kind of older guys.
1: So, okay. So, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood – and then the Irishman.
2: Yes, Those are my to do list. Yes, do you have and else? I got a couple podcasts. Oh, okay, number one, Cold is back. Cold is back. Cold is back. The first episode of this new season, or I guess extension of season one. Yeah, was really good. Susan Powell's still gone. Yes, but Cold is back. Cold is back. Um, Dave Colley is doing a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful job with it. If you somehow haven't checked out Cold. It's, go listen to it. It's really good.
1: I'm really in, I'm I I'm not kidding. I'm excited for this new uh season of Cold because I after finishing the first season of Cold, I'm like, what could they possibly have to talk about? Apparently there were dumpsters where he went and threw everything away. Crazy. It's, yeah. there's like more stuff. Sorry, that
2: was a spoiler. Um <laughs> but I have a couple other um non KSL podcasts that were actually pretty cool. Um, so I'm a big fan of like the thirty for thirty, just like even the, oh, like yeah. the documentary series. They have a podcast, and they have done um two of the craziest episodes of just obscure sports that I never would have ever thought, um, were going on in this new season, season six. Uh, so the first episode, se- episode one of season six, um, it's about a Russian spy for the KGB. That signed he was the gm oh, of a, yeah, of, a of a women's basketball team in Russia, and he signed Diana Taurasi and Subert, and they were making like a million bucks a season, yeah, um like no taxes like they were living in like these five star like hotels they had like their own like credit cards that they could go spend anything with and this guy was like a member of the k g b and the whole thing's just crazy, like That's every crazy. twist and turn that they said about the story was just insane. Um, the other podcast that came out from Thirty for Thirty that this one blew my mind. I had no idea that this was that this ever happened. The Fall of the Condor. Do you know about the the um, Chilean national oh. soccer team? The oh. the controversy that surrounded them in nineteen ninety. No. Okay, so check this out. Uh, their team captain, his nickname was the Condor, um, Roberto Rojas. He was the goalie. Okay. Um, very flamboyant personality, very outspoken. Um, they were a young, up-and-coming team in South America, uh-huh. um, and this was like the peak of like the crazy time in like Pinochet. South America soccer. Like this is when like oh. um, like Colombia, like all the teams were like owned by drug lords. Right, right, so right. the Chilean national team was playing Brazil to qualify for the World Cup. I think it was like the first time in years that they qualified for the World Cup. Uh-huh. And during the game, someone shot a flare onto the field, and it um struck the goalie what? for the Chilean national team and it caused a whole huge controversy and it's like this whole in-depth reporting about like what really happened <laughs> with this and it's honestly the craziest sports story i have ever heard that i had no idea about like the i i did not know the lengths that this guy that these guys went to to win games like what they would do what? they would harm themselves on purpose to like get matches forfeited or to, like, stir up the crowd to, like, make it such a hostile environment that they would, like, have to forfeit the match so it could be played in a neutral location so they wouldn't have to play in Brazil or Chile. Wow. Yeah. One of the craziest, like, 45 minutes of, like, audio that <laughs> I've ever heard. I had to go back Crazy. and re-listen to it after because I just couldn't believe, like, how good it was. Huh. Um, so, yeah. Um. That is, uh, that's all I have for now. Uh I'm going to give another plug for the Watchmen the oh, TV yeah. show. I'm big fan of that, but that's all I have. Do you have anything that you want to plug? Nope, let's go home. Yeah. You're just sitting there like, okay. This is all nice, but let's go. Sure
1: our listeners feel the same way. So Hemel, will you take <laughs> take us home? Thank you for listening to Sports Beat After Hours. We really appreciate it. Um thanks for <laughs> Looking at all our content on KSLSports.com and uh, enjoying all our other stuff, enjoying Sports Beat on Sundays. Um, it's really great to have you guys out there. Uh, thank you for listening. I'm Hemahimuli Jr., he is Zachary Hicken. Good night, everybody.